Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, everybody. Joel Junker here with another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast. Um, another one of these mini episodes or mini sodes that we like to call them. So no guest, um, just just me talking, my thoughts on the on the transition. And today's um, podcast is about the eight stages of the transition. And these are some things that I was thinking about that I believe that I personally went through myself in the stages of transition. And secondly, um, as I coach and work with officers making the transition, and my goal is to help you understand uh, where you might be and how to help you start navigating through that stage so that ultimately you can make some really good choices and reach your personal and professional goals. And for some of you at the end of this, Podcasts, you might be really on board with knowing exactly what you want to do and you want to make a transition. You're interested in Cameron Brooks. And some of you might already be in the program listening to this and might be helpful to understand where you're in the journey. Some of you might be listening to this and just curious to learn more so you can make a good decision. And then you might actually end up like realizing that the path that you're on right now in the military is a really good path for you. Great. Some of you might realize that you want to get out, but the business world or partnering with a firm like Cameron Brooks is not right for you. No problem. The goal of this podcast is to help you understand the different eight stages that I think that are critical to making a good decision if you're going to make the transition out of the military. And let's first define what a transition is. Now, this is very different than, than the way that most people define a transition. You know, most people talk about a transition out of the military is, you know, I want to get out of the military and it's September or October of 2022 and I want to get out summer of 2023. So what does a transition look like? A lot of people would say, I've got a job lined up by May and it pays, I don't know, $100,000 base salary and it's got a bonus, it's got health insurance and it's in this type of location. That's a that's what a successful transition means to me, they might say. And those are important things. That's not the, what I believe a successful transition is, though. Truly, a transition is where, because you're pivoting from in a, the defense, the government industry, into something totally different. In this case, we're talking about the commercial business world operates differently, measures things differently, the culture's different. You're transitioning to a new organization that delivers value to customers or other businesses. And you're into a different career field because most likely if you're infantry, armor, uh, surface warfare officer, aircraft maintenance, a pilot, you're going to be doing something totally different. And so the transition means you have taken this skill set that you've developed in leading people, solving problems, managing projects, getting results, and apply them in a new domain and are able to operate successfully and build that track record of success. That's when you've made that transition because that pivot's so different. So we don't look at it as just getting a job, certain pay, benefits. Are those important? Yes. But truly the transition is to establish yourself 
now into this new career. So we define this, the, the transition, a successful one, over a period of time, three to five years post-military, where you have a track record of success, multiple accomplishments, achievements, and experiences. And if it's in the business world, within business, and with an industry-leading company, now you've built this foundation and transition out. And now you can build the rest of your career off that foundation for future promotions. So I, when I talk about the age stage of the transition, I'm not talking about just getting a job that pays a certain amount, take care of your family, got good benefits, and it's a location that you like. That's part of it. But that is one step you'll see of the eight in the successful transition where we're ultimately getting to is three to five years post. So where, so stage one, I call stage one questioning. I give it any title you want, but I call it questioning where you start questioning is the military, the career I want for myself personally, is it the right one for my professional goals or my personal goals? Often in this questioning, officers will start asking themselves, is this the quality of life that I want? Will this provide, allow me to live the life that I want to do, have as a spouse, as a parent? Maybe they'll start questioning ourselves, is this the work that I want to do for the next five, seven, eight years? Is this the career path that I want to be on? Do I enjoy this work? Will I continue to enjoy it? When I look at other military officers, five, six, seven years ahead of me, is this what I want to be doing? Could I be, am I interested in something else? I, and, and maybe this is the questioning stage. Maybe you call it the catalyst stage because it, it doesn't necessarily tell you where you want to go. It gets you to start thinking, am I in the right path right now? Am I going in the right direction? And these are good questions to, to ask yourself and they, they create the thought process, okay, if this is not right for me, maybe you definitively know, maybe you're curious. That should lead them to stage two, the discovery. Okay, this might not be right for me. Now, the reason why you want to move from stage one to stage two to discovery is because you're thinking about a lot of times when I hear people is they're leaving something. Now, this is not true for everybody, but a lot of people are leaving something. They're leaving the military. I mean, if you're young, and I mean by young, if you're anything less than 40, really, I think you're still young. You got 20 to 5, 20, 25 more years in front of you. You want to be going towards something too, not just leaving something. So start figuring out, am I trying to solve a quality of life issue? Am I trying to solve reaching my professional potential issue? Am I more interested in the business world? Am I more interested in an environment where there's uh, more competition? Am I more interested in an environment for pay for performance? Or maybe I'm Something off of business. Am I more interested in the legal career? Am I more interested in a law enforcement career? Is this an issue where I want more control over my career? Really start discovering what problem am I really trying to solve? Because that'll start helping you figure out, okay, if this is the problem I'm trying to solve. Where do I want to go? 
a lot of officers that I talk to, the problem that they initially come with is quality of life, work-life balance, don't want to be deploying, spend more time with family. Okay. All right. So you questioned it, you discovered, you defined it. Now, what path in the future will help you achieve not just your personal goals, but some of these professional goals as well? And this leads to stage three, what I call the clarity stage. Get clarity on where you want to go. How do you do that? There's an exercise that I like. It's called preferred futuring. A big fancy term, I know. But it's as simple as you can do it a couple different ways. I prefer to take out a journal, and I have a journal, and think three, four, five years down the line. What does a successful professional life look like for you? You got a blank piece of paper. Start writing it out. Just write down your thoughts. Put it on paper. Write down your, your what, are you, what is your successful, happy, professional life look like for you? This becomes your objective. And some questions that might help you is, what kind of work am I doing? What skills am I using? What am I learning? What type of people am I working with? What does my family life look like? What does my personal life look like? And and, and there's some questions to start jogging your thought process and then share that with somebody. Because we're in stage three now, but stage one was more about, hmm, why might I not be right here? Why might this, this military career be right for me? Okay, let's get clarity on where I might want to go after I've defined in stage two what the problem I'm trying to solve. Because this can be a really good point for you to say when you write this down and define it, it may be that staying in the military is actually what you just defined and you're just going to bump on the road. It may be that you thought business was right for you, but as you write down this preferred future, it's not. Maybe you thought law school was right for you, but after you write it down, it's not, and business is right for you. You're in the military. You get this. Why is stage three important? Because it's an objective. It's a goal. It's your preferred future. It gives you a vision of where you want to head towards. Now, you might not ultimately hit that. That's okay. Because in the military, sometimes you set an objective and you go towards the objective and you get into the middle of the, of the execution of the planning and the preparing and executing and you learn some things and the, the goal changes. But that initial goal gave you direction. And that's what we're doing here in stage three is giving you some direction so that you can go to stage four, create a plan to reach your goal. What do you need to do? Who do you need to connect with? What do you need to do? Who do you need to connect with? Ask you those two questions. And in part of this plan, if you're thinking about business, you're thinking like, oh, if I want that, how do I get there? What do I need to do? Who do I need to be connecting with? Because you're going to want to start figuring out how many interviews would I like to have? How many options do I want to compare to be able to make a good decision? That then drives to ask yourself a question, what does my own personal network look like? Do I want to go it alone based on my network? Do I want to do a job fair type of search? 
do I want to work with a recruiting firm or do I want to work with more of a full service transition firm? Somebody like Cameron Brooks that, you know, what we do is there's a lot of partnership. There's a lot of investing. There's career coaching, interview prep. There's resume writing. It's more full service. Instead of working with multiple, it's you're working with a partner in the transition. Because this also leads to the next question. If you want to reach that preferred future, future that you just defined, you gotta, you, you're starting to develop a plan, but you, then you know from the military, you got to prepare. You can't just have a plan. You have to prepare. How will you prepare? Do you know what to, to resources to, to look at and, and to, to read and study and have knowledge of before you make the transition? How confident are you in your ability to prepare? Do you want help? Who can help you prepare? How confident are you in your ability to interview, to communicate your background to to companies and business if you go this path? If you are confident, great. But make sure you know what makes you confident. Just because you're a good communicator, I'm an effective communicator. I'm a very good communicator. But I'm lousy at speaking foreign languages. The analogy there is if... I can effectively communicate in English. But if somebody asked me to have a conversation with somebody in Spanish or German or French, I would have to muddle my way through it. Now, it's not that egregious when you're trying to connect to companies, but you are speaking a different language. Do you know how to speak that language and connect what you've done to their environment? So if I had to have a conversation with somebody in Spanish, I'd reach out to somebody that could teach me the fundamentals of speaking in Spanish to help me with that. Then that leads to the fifth stage. So just so you know where we are, we're halfway through, right? Questioning, discovery, clarity, develop the plan. Then fifth stage, start preparing. What do you want to do? I think there's two, three big pillars to preparation. Number one, read and study and listen to business concepts. I get, I get engaged with a high quality reading program, books, not just podcasts, not just audio, not just news media outlets, but good books. What would the books be on? I would read about leadership and business. And there's some excellent good books about leadership and business. There's books from our reading program that we really endorse. That's on the required list, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Good to Great by Jim Collins. I think Great by Choice is another great one by Jim Collins. I also like, uh, I think a great book on leadership that translates really well from military to business is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Then I would start learn, reading books on business concepts like project management, agile, lean, Six Sigma, sales, the fundamentals of corporate finance, basics of data analytics, some of these big topics that are going on in business so that you're knowledgeable of these things that could come up in the interview, but also so that you can hit the ground running when you do start in business. The next thing is you got to know a lot about yourself. 
you need to do some self-discovery. What are your strengths? What are your opportunity areas? When you wrote down your strengths, what accomplishments have you had in the military that support those? What's your leadership style? Could you describe your leadership style in three minutes that helps a company understand or an interview understand your leadership style, how you employ it in their environment? So you're doing this self-discovery. That's really good for two reasons. One, what career fields would interest you in business? Is it manufacturing, logistics, sales, engineering, business analysis? That self-discovery helps you understand what areas you should be considering. Two, it gives you knowledge of yourself. So when you're interviewing, you know yourself. So you're studying business to know the business world. You study yourself to connect the two when you interview. And also it does help you figure out where your fits are. Maybe not an exclusive fit to one career field, but where your fits are in different career fields. Then the next thing is, what are some of the commonly asked interview questions? And you know, you can basically break these down into the following categories like warm-up questions or get-to-know-you questions like tell me about yourself, why you're leaving the military. Then the next group is significant accomplishment questions like tell me about a time, give me an example of a time. Then there's methodology questions like how do you lead? How do you solve problems? Then there's self-insight questions like weakness and failure. Those are the biggies that you want to at least have some plan, some notes on and have rehearsed or practiced a few times. Don't be canned or memorized, but you don't want to wing an interview. You want to have thought through these, put some some bullets on paper, practice, gotten feedback from people, gone through a mock interview. And also in stage four, stage five, plan and prepare I, I, yes, this is advocating for one of our resources, but PCS to Corporate America, fourth edition, I would highly, highly recommend it. And the, and the reason is that Roger Cameron, who started this industry, this is his fourth and final version of PCS. And a lot of the fundamentals of interviewing and the transition have not changed in the 50 years since Roger started this industry. But the book also has my knowledge baked in there. Chuck Alvarez, our CEO, current CEO, Cameron Brooks, his knowledge baked in there too. You can buy it digitally. You can get a um, hard copy off of Amazon. And here's the cool thing. All proceeds, we don't get, we don't get any profit from it. All the proceeds from it go to the uh, Admiral Nimitz Foundation that supports the National Museum of the Pacific War. We're headquartered in Fredericksburg, Texas for our offices. And Admiral Nimitz was born here. Um, Naval Academy grad, commander of the Naval Fleet, Pacific Forces. I think I have that right. Sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they built this World War II museum for the Pacific War um, here to, to help our country and help everybody remember that piece of the battle and, and um, the lessons learned and honor these people and the sacrifices that they made. So we're super proud to be associated with that. So you support that too. Then the sixth stage, career search. So now you prepared, now you start doing the career search and you're going to interview for open positions. You want to try to get in front of decision makers because sometimes what a the mistake people made it make is they're applying everywhere. 
a lot of LinkedIn activity, but there's nothing really targeted. It's a lot throwing a lot of darts at the wall, hoping something sticks. With that, if you go back to your preferred futuring and clarity stage, stage three, when you're throwing a lot of darts at the wall, you you're going to hit the wall, but are you going to actually hit the target? So there's value in having a partner or somebody that can walk beside you to understand your goals, help you get in front of positions and decision makers that get you to the target versus throwing a lot of activity because you're going to hit something, but it may not be the bullseye. Here's the great thing about this career search stage, at least from the Cameron Brooks perspective. When you interview for a lot of different opportunities in different industries, different career fields, you're going to go back to what you had for your preferred future, especially in the professional goals, and you may change some of those based on what you learned. Your personal goals probably won't change, but your professional goals, because you're going to learn so much. If you have an open mind going into that career search to explore options, find that really good fit. It's kind of like the lichen, if you've ever bought a home and you've gone out and looked for homes, you have an idea, I want a three-bedroom, two-bath, I want this kind of yard. And then you go see the first home and it's not exactly, you see realtors do this occasionally to you where they don't show you exactly what you talked about, where well, there's a purpose behind that. Hey, this is some of the things you talked about, but there's some features here that you should see that you may want in your home. Hmm, good. Hey, I didn't know that. I like these things. I like this kind of living room. I like this kind of rec room. I want this. Okay, so now we got three bedroom, two bath, but you like these things. So let's go look at another home. You like this, you see this, and they end up picking one that fits you. You explore, you learn about yourself, you learn about your interests. Because then when you do that, you've compared options, it's going to help you ultimately make that successful transition in three to five years because it's going to make you more committed. Because this is now going to lead us to stage seven. And I call this the honeymoon period. You start in your career. And your first year is like your honeymoon. It's like it, it feels good. Your future is bright. You're enjoying your new environment. Your recruit, the people that recruited you are still paying a, t- a lot of attention to you. And this can last anywhere from a few months to a year. But eventually, it starts to feel like work again. And you start questioning your decision. This is really important in your honeymoon period where you go back to your journal and write out your, look at your preferred future. How did you get here? What choices did you make? Are you still on the right path? It'll help you recommit. You should also at this point be finding mentors and trusted advisors to help you put things in perspective. And we talk about this in episode 158 with our Cameron Brooks alumnus, Ben Berkowick, about the importance of finding mentors, being open to feedback. We also talk about this in in episode 157 in investing in your career. So if the, the, this, this is the biggest challenge, getting through year one, because the honeymoon is going to start f- fading off. And, whoa, the, this, this, this is work. Good. Yeah, right? Um, there's going to be days that feel work. We don't want you to be drudgery any, by any means. We do want you to enjoy it. You should enjoy it. But that, that feeling of euphoria, renew, and you're being recruited and told how great you were, kind of wears off, and now you got to deliver results. Also, because you're used to changing positions like every year, year and a half in the military, and you're not, 
you're having to kind of progress through and still build that foundation, it can feel like you should be moving. So these are some of the causes that cause people to pivot off in year one. Some of the ways to avoid that is keep your journal, go back to it, reflect, have mentors, have advisors to help you put things in perspective. This then leads you to the stage eight, the last phase of the transition, stage of the transition, years two to four post-transition, somewhere around in there. This is where you now start gaining the experience and the accomplishment, building foundation. You have that strong foundation, just like a house. You can now build up from there. You're building your network. You're reaching out to other people, building professional relationships. Ben, again, goes into this in episode 158. Uh, and I do as well. Great episode to, to talk about this importance of the network. There's lots of episodes about the importance of building the successful foundation. And my, I would highly recommend a book for this phase called The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni, same author of Five Assumptions of the Team. Be humble. Be hungry. Add value wherever you can. Be smart. Be easy to work with. And I would say the keys to navigating through stage seven and eight I would just add one other thing to Lencioni's be humble, be hungry, be smart, be patient. Be patient. Too often people get impatient. They miss that honeymoon period. They think the grass is greener on the other side and they start looking for something else. What they really look for is another honeymoon. But that's not going to ultimately solve your problem. So stay patient. Have mentors that'll help you along the way. So those are the eight stages of the transition. Um, I would highly recommend a um, couple of books to help you through this that are big picture transition ones, PCS to Corporate America. I think The Ideal Team Player is a great book as well, especially if you're launching your career, getting into business. I also think the book, The First 90 Days, is really good for uh, stage seven and eight. So if you are, are, you know, maybe you're, if you're in stage four and five and planning and preparing, there's a great reading program in the back of PCS to Corporate America, fourth edition. I really appreciate you all listening. Um, this is, uh, you know, episode 161. So the next episode is going to be uh, an alumni interview with Pete Van Epps, interviewing one of our alum. Um, I'm recording this a little early, so I don't have insight on what that's going to be on. However, I'm really excited about our year-end um, uh, podcast, uh, episode 163, that's going to post the end of December, around the 20th or so. We're going to have an interview with Mary Lou White on our team. And Mary Lou has been with Cameron Brooks for over 45 years. Actually, she's been here so long. I don't know the exact number of years. She's retiring this year, actually in a semi-retirement. She's one of the founders of Cameron Brooks um, and has just great perspective on the junior officer industry, how it's evolved over the decades and the experiences that she has. So I totally encourage you to tune in to episode 163. And I appreciate you being a follower and listener of the Cameron Brooks podcast.